0: In process of body meditation, jhana. Experience of the body, the chitta moves through the experience of the body, and the body, what we take as our body, is experienced differently. You know, normally, we see see a body. We have a visual impression of it. We have certain tactile impressions. Uh, that gives the experience of body. We also probably have an idea of our body. What we look like, what we think about ourselves—whether we feel old, or fat, or slim, or whatever, male or female—these kind of, and that's where that's that's this concoction is what we call our, our experience of body. In Jhana, when you, you, you practice body meditation, breath meditation, you begin to just shed those experiences, um, or not construct them. Um, you know what we take to be a truth the visual experience of the body, the idea of the body the labor of the body is really itself just con- just concocted compounded notions memories perceptions assessments um, you know so when that and it contains a lot of self stuff in it <laughs> uh, so when we cultivate and just directly experience a different kind of body, breathing, it's alive, it's really very direct in here. And increasingly those other experiences of body of of little relevance don't make much sense. Um so, and then Chitta begins to expand and move through that. You experience bodily phenomena you know like uh, the materiality some sense of form is experienced and the jhana process you, you begin to chitta begins to saturate that with um, pleasant feeling and so as it says there's not one part of one's body it's not drenched saturated, suffused, permeated with the happiness and an ease born of this process, detachment from the conventional body, and so we, you yeah. know, right. So with that, of course, this can be a temp- temporary duration, but it still causes one to dislodge, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> dislodge the conventional body as something that's that real. With all the taints and the uh, uh, self views about it, the self judgments about it, and the, and the anxiety about it, mm. or the whatever about it, it's just just—it's just a concoction, you know. You can have different bodies. This—this this one, you—the conventional body isn't even the very good one <laughs> So, so you get some sense of dispassion. Towards what we call the conventional body, uh, and it's a, it's actually got a lot of pain in it, physical pain and psychological pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets abused. It gets hurt. It gets shamed. It gets disgusted. Mm. And a lot of that self karma around the body. So then. Yeah, it's, uh, you don't. You don't have to put it on again. You know, it's there. You can see it, but you don't have. It doesn't stick in your heart. there's the power of chitta, and you cultivate like that. You also see other conventional bodies around, and they're just you know shapes, colours, forms, sizes. <laughs> you know, you don't want to make a big thing out of it, really. But uh, What is more important and more useful more valuable something you have some say over is the, is the, is the the jitter body the body that arises in the in this more um, jitter enhanced jitter suffused body much more useful mm-hmm. and so we start to see both the relativity of conventions body and the and also somewhere else where we can abide. Mm-hmm. It's the power of jtta now with the brahma vihara the upper mano states it's a complementary process and here we can recognize that our conventional heart the conventional heart has got you know feelings of lack of confidence uh, uh, feeling inadequate uh, feeling unwanted. Uh, i made some mistakes there. I wish sure I hadn't done that. Uh, people have annoyed me. I feel some grudge and grievance there. Uh, I feel nervous and frightened there. Um, I feel really quite irritable there. Uh, you know, and if you really, so getting, you know, feeling annoyed by other people, well, where is that annoyance? Where is that irritation? You know, you just be straightforward about it. It's in your heart, isn't it? That's not blaming anybody, but just to see, you know, it's your what your jitta does, what what the Sankara does when you see somebody or you measure their behavior or you or as a reaction to their speech. All very understandable. But what's the result? It sticks in your heart. Right? Doesn't change them any, it just sticks in your heart. So I have to keep doing this. You know, every time I see these two people, these three people, this one person, I get this thing happening in my heart. I don't really want to go through my life having that experience happen. And then you realise if it's going to happen to one person, you're going to get annoyed, irritated by one person. It could happen to almost anybody. You could be fed up by them or jealous of them or negative or guilty or feeling you're a failure. Or, you know, you could be doing that for everybody and sometimes people do you know there's a kind of uncertainty for a while and then they find out they're feeling inadequate because you're so much better than I am well what have you done (laughs) you know you you put that ill will onto yourself this is a form of ill will you feel jealous, that's ill will you feel guilty, I'm sorry I I probably said something offensive to you three years ago did you? You know, so you've done that, and then well, I don't like the way you do this. You do that. So this, these qualities, these negative afflictions, and you, one we find people play them out in different scenarios. You know, you go to a different place, and the same stuff happens with a different group of people. Because <laughs> these are the sankharas, the afflictive, negative sankharas, uh, and they can. They can wrap around you, what you call yourself, they can they can project onto other people. So this quality of, of metta, karuna, mudita, upekā, uh, is that you touch into a place or memory or a scenario or an event or a person uh, or something. that gives your chitta something healthy to to constellate around, to gather around, to consolidate around and that you just focus on that till so it becomes with the process of itaka vichara you touch it, you listen to it, touch it again bring back to it, you open to it, you listen to it again and, and it becomes. And as you do that it becomes more established it begins to swell and grow you know? and, and then you can start to meet the thing, the qualities that either sometimes you can really find yourself the chitta moves into a great sense of love and gratitude and happiness and compassion, which is marvellous. And sometimes it just meets its obstacles, and you can't really predict what it's gonna do. Yeah. Sometimes it just meets those 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 old obstacles. It's it's which are which are wrapped around it. And there it is. There's my grudge or my Irritation or my feeling of despond and misery. Okay, well there we are. Now's the time to just not go into the topic. Put the topic aside, but go into that sourness or that retracted quality. Then you're dealing very directly with these phenomena, as chitta tangles, as knots in the chitta, as you know strangulations in the citta so that knotted feeling that tense feeling that raw feeling in the citta and you turn towards that and you begin to heal it so the rule is to not to dismiss the topic or the person or the memory to acknowledge it and say well you acknowledge that and maybe it's right maybe it's wrong that's the way it is for you You whether they are like that or not that's the way it seems to you, so then you use that and use that as a vehicle, as a, something you can then turn to what it's doing to your heart, oh, here's that sour, you know, angry, hot, raw quality, here's where you, as so an energy, you then begin to saturate that, in it, that place with this Meta, karuna, udita, upega, whichever seems appropriate and the Chitta will, will find out, will know for itself. Mm. Then with wisdom, as you're focusing with wisdom, to the wisdom to know, well, yeah, you can see that in that person. Not saying that person is beyond flaw. Who is everybody has flaws, but the particular piece, why my mind really focuses on that, makes much of that. That's something I need to deal with. Everybody makes flaws, makes mistakes of some kind or another. Either they don't give me enough attention or they always do this irritating thing, or they don't talk to me, or they talk to me too much, or they want, They don't listen, to, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <And> <laughs> or they got it untidy, or he's always trying to tidy me up, I wish he'd stop trying to tidy me up and leave me be. And then the other person, well, why couldn't you be more tidy? <laughs> and so on, you know. <laughs> Domestic violence. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, because it's the chitta sort of <laughs> tends to bond to others, and then whatever it's then it finds its own its own latent tendencies for ill will, then starts to grow over that particular person. Okay, you know, I'm not saying that person is untidy. Is tidy, he's he is untidy, but why? You know, how come that's the bit I see. I don't see the bit—the fact he doesn't get drunk. Yeah, I don't notice that. <laughs> uh, I notice the bit that brings up my ill will. Yeah, uh, uh, as if I have the right to judge how other people should be. <laughs> you figure think of it, it's pretty, pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but no, it's bringing up this anutsaya the latent tendency for ill will has now found some way to express itself oh good you know from a dumb perspective oh really good are oh, you really good you're getting all your ill will up good good you know that's good now you know you can now you can contemplate it you know, uh, your tendency to ill will and there it is so that, that's we say well there's we where you need to turn this warming, soothing, radiant energy, because the mind of ill will is has no radiance in it; it's it's negative radiance. You know, it's, it's it's poisoned. This is where you need to turn the the warming energy towards those places in your chitta, then the latent tendency is then eradicated fact being for for liberation these latent tendencies have to come to the surface so they can be eradicated Mm. so you actually don't want to be in a place where you can just be with all the nice things that don't bother you and so forth Uh, you know in Dhamma practice you're kind of almost in some strange way wanting your buttons to be pushed just to check out Oh, I've still got some. I've still got good capacity for ill will there, <laughs> or jealousy, or or dismissiveness, you know, callous behaviour, or condemning other people, putting other people down. I've still got plenty of that. Let's have a look at that. And this, is this is a defect in the chitta. And then, and of course, these things have got plenty of juice, haven't they? Just you look into the kind of media and the, the amount of nasty speech and abusive behavior that's thrown around the media that people like <laughs> they really get excited you're really gonna get energized by the ability to slam other people and wipe them out and make fun of them <laughs> They love it you know because you get energized by it but it's a demon energy it's a demon energy and it, it eats, eats people up it corrodes the heart Whereas the metta, Brahma Vihara, are Brahma energy, you know they're, they're, they're heavenly energy, and uh, so it said if you cultivate these, then the chitta, in the passing away of the body, the chitta, you know, even in within the body, the chitta, you know, elevates to this sublime Brahma loka Brahma abiding, and uh, you think, oh, that's kind of fairy stories. I don't know about that really. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say so. You know, so you you always come in the in the suttas you often come across these devas drop in and they have a chat with the Buddha, generally ask him for some advice or the some Arahant disciple goes to see a Brahma, gives him a teaching or another what's this all about? <laughs> Well, the, yeah. Until about uh, maybe 200 years ago in the West, that was entirely credible. They did different, you know, the the uh, supernatural. What we call the supernatural was was accessible. The sorcerers, witches, uh, yeah, shamans, shamans in South America, and in and and places it hasn't died out. They're still doing it. They still go off to visit some. You know, over overarching deity or mother goddess, and you're thinking, well, are they all crazy, or perhaps they, perhaps it really is there. You know, on on that some ethereal plane, not this conventional sensual plane, and that that would be the um, understanding. Um, uh, if you and if you, um, you know, put your mind and heart into it, then you'd probably have access to those. Yeah. Mm. I mean prayer, for example, or Saviour uh, bodhisattvas. Are, are there such things as bodhisattvas? Does Tara exist? Does Kuan Yin exist? I think if you put your heart and energy into it, yeah, and ask for them, you'll find them. Mm. Yeah. They're not going to come in through walk in through the front door with, with funny clothes on, but their their presence will be felt. Uh, something, particularly something whereby, you know, thousands of people have, have, you know, extended their energy in that way. I think there's a collective pool that Jitta can access, where it can touch into some of these um, semi miraculous, from our from our secular point of view, uh, experiences. Mm. Mm. So, although this is apparent in in the suttas and in Traditions, mystical traditions all across the planet. The Buddha acknowledged it, said, Yeah, you can go there, but he doesn't encourage people to go there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't say it's wrong, he just said, You know, but actually, what you want to do with your time is, is go beyond that. So I, I think you're one of these. Suttas where he's comparing Samyutta Nikaya fifty four forty six, where the occasion is when one of his bhikkhus or a few of his bhikkhus are wandering and they meet the wanderers of other sects. So, in the time of the Buddha, there were these groves and parks set aside by local chieftains, rajas, and maharajas would always set a park outside their town, their village, where the, the local ascetics and Brahmins and sadhus and so forth could gather. It was like a kind of thing you did as a king, it showed you your town was well endowed, you know, you've got some holy men living next door, so we're, we're a proper proper town, you know, some rubbishy little village, we're a proper town, we've got our own holy men, look, there's their place, you know, it's a bit of, you know. <laughs> prestige and they would bring good luck because if these holy men are out there they're probably bringing good the deities down and they'll you know and we can go and ask for some advice and maybe get some you know some help from these people so they'd set aside a place so the people these sadhus and ascetics and wanderers would gather there and they discuss things and debate things and argue and meditate and stuff so a very common um, scenario in the suttas and so the Buddhist bhikkhus would kind of go through these parks, perhaps on their way for alms round, and they might meet some of these people and have a chat. And uh, so on this occasion, the wanderers have said, Well, what does your teacher teach? You know, what's, what's, your, what's the Buddha? What does he teach? They said, Oh, he teaches Metta, Karuna, said, Ah, that's nothing special. We teach all that too. We got all that. We got that down. We teach Metta, we teach Karuna. There's nothing special about your teacher. And said, okay. Hmm. They so go back to the Buddha and they say, Well, this is what they said. And he says, Yeah. <laughs> he said, Look, no one teaches this like I do, right? <laughs> he, says, he says, Friends, when you ask them, How is the liberation of the mind by loving kindness developed? What does it have as its destination, its culmination, its fruit, and its final goal? How is the liberation of the mind by compassion, altruistic joy, equanimity developed? What is its final goal? Being asked thus, these wanderers would not be able to reply. And further, they would meet with vexation because that would not be within their domain. I do not see anyone in this world, with its devas, maras, and brahmins, who could satisfy the mind with an answer to these questions except the Tathagata. Or at a tathagas, the disciples. So he's saying, oh, I have got something special on this, and then he brings it out. The um, bhikkhu develops the enlightenment factor of mindfulness, accompanied by loving kindness. So then he goes through the seven enlightenment factors. He develops the the enlightenment factor of of um, investigation, dhamma vijaya accompanied by loving kindness. He develops the enlightenment factor of energy, persistence, There's the enlightenment factor of rapture, the enlightenment factor of tranquility, the enlightenment factor of samadhi, the enlightenment factor of equanimity, accompanied by loving kindness. So, you know, he puts it all together. And in each of these Brahma-viharas, he develops accompanied by the enlightenment factors. So... You know it's pretty amplified the power of this experience <laughs> you know, he's putting these two lines together so there's a tremendous amplification and clarification of these of these um, developments and so then he says well um, in such a case someone who's cultivated loving kindness can perceive the repulsive in the unrepulsive and so, in that which would normally attract, he sees that which is, can be unattractive. That which would normally disgust, he can see the undisgusting aspect of it, and so forth. So, simply speaking, the mind loving kindness goes beyond these uh, normal uh, judgments and assessments, these normal reactions. We see something, and think, ugh, or we see something, oh. Uh, and the mind of loving-kindness goes beyond those kind of reflex responses, right? Because those reflex responses are always a limitation. And the jitta is just steady in itself. With the enlightenment factor, the jitta becomes very steady. and It also has the wisdom to explore the nature of disgust or attraction as just, what's that about? Why bother? Yeah. So it's neither disgusted nor attracted. So, things would normally seem disgusting, things to normally seem attractive, it dispels that. So, one of the major perceptual um, measurements yeah, is dismantled because it's a fetter. It limits the mind, limits the mind, it either pushes it out or draws it back. Chitta then is it strong, it doesn't get pushed down, it doesn't get drawn back, it stays steady in itself. Um, and so the result of this, if he's cultivating the meta result is he dwells in the deliverance of the beautiful Solbona, that is the 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 experience that re, it remains having dispelled these impressions, these attractions and aversions is a sense of something exquisitely beautiful, sobhana jitta is experiencing its beauty beauty of its own radiance then with compassion, similar thing and here with the passing away of perceptions of transcendence of forms Passing away of sensory impingement, non-attention to diversity. Aware that space is is boundless, measureless. He dwells in the infinity of space. Now, infinity of space is not obviously not astronomy. It means that the mind has no boundaries to it. The, the space of the mind is got is no boundaries to it. It's just wide. Um, now how is this related to compassion yeah, because compassion does not resist any anything you know, it's a sense of sharing and opening so then the perceptions of forms and so forth are dismantled because the heart of compassion goes beyond form perceptions, feelings and even diversity, you know, as it's as it's properly developed, it's not. Uh, well, I have so much compassion for her, and maybe a little bit left over for him, and he doesn't deserve any. Uh, and oh, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't doesn't measure things. So there's no differentiation experienced in the field of the mind, infinite, infinite. Non measuring boundless. Mm. So these are pretty awesome uh, cultivations and realizations. He says this is as far as you can go. So this is like the limit. You can go that far. Mm. Uh, Of course, for many people, it doesn't go as far as that. But (laughs) you can develop it to that extent so particularly with compassion it's a it's a world embracing uh, my, uh, quality uh, radiance um, and dis dissolves rich poor beautiful ugly evil good dissolves all that mm. because these these dissolves because these would limit the the, the heart's openness to the unsatisfactoriness of of experience. Mm. Um. Mudita is the consciousness, non-finite consciousness. Mm. So, (laughs) measureless consciousness Mm. Mm. and uh, equanimity, no thing, the the sense of the complete uh, absence of anything concrete within that. And so these are the um, formless formless directions that the citta can go to. And um, so, these you see, these last three particularly, you also see them in jhana. And you can go there from the fourth jhana, you can go to these three and another one. And the other one is called the sphere of neither perception nor non perception. So, from the fourth jhana, the jitta can, if it wishes, turn towards the formless spheres, which is the sphere of infinite space, infinite consciousness no thing and neither perception nor non-perception It can go there and uh, and the buddha said well you know these are the best places to hang out in if you want to keep hanging out Uh, but uh, deathless is the jitta not abiding in anything Uh, so these are then said, these are considered the places you can go to for someone who's not penetrated superior liberation. So these are liberations from particular perceptual barriers and boundaries. But what remains is is still a domain, a jitter domain, a very subtle jitter domain. And uh, so... Um, Nibbāna is the turning off of the energy that sustains the jitta's domains or withdrawal from it. By seeing, it comes through the process of seeing the impermanence, the uh, um, not-self quality um, in, in these domains. Mm. Particularly the changeability and the compoundedness, you know, that which we arrive at, we will surely one day leave. This is, this is you know, it's, that's putting it as simply as possible. Whatever has been brought into being, skillfully, wisely, prudently, diligently, still, it's been brought into being, is compounded, constructed. Um, <laughs> there, There is a place where the, you know, withdrawal from that activity that subtle activity so this is the direction or you know the possibility mm. I don't really think it's an exactly an either or um, the fundamental assessment or basic assessment is you have to get the jitta clean enough with you know with metta, karuna, calm, compassion, you know, these basic practices of healing, gladdening, brightening the heart. If you don't have that there, you haven't got, you haven't got the skill to withdraw from the sensory constructions. You, know, these, you Maybe you're cultivating or developing other subtle forms of domain mm, with these qualities. And with jhana you develop a particular perceptual domain. Right, which is happy, clear, bright, so forth. You know, so it, it helps you to see the relativity of the conventional domain. Mm. If you don't do that, you're always embedded in the conventional domain and you're not clearing the residues of the heart and you don't you haven't really brought forth the potency of the citta mm. So it's encouragement. yes, these are to be developed. In accordance with one's capacities uh, and you're going to get the results and from there the jitta will have the place the confidence the stability and the skill to begin to see this too is constructed changeable there's no this is not a foundation it's a it's also a construction So I'll, I'll pause there. Give yourself a couple of minutes, two or three minutes to see what you like, which direction you'd like to go in um, in this afternoon. If you'd like to go to infinite space, then be my guest.